0: Welcome to Sustainably Influenced, the podcast hosted by me, Bianca Foley and me, Charlotte Williams. In this podcast, we explore our efforts to making changes to our lifestyles as influencers to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle and hope that we can encourage you to make one small change. This isn't just a podcast for influencers. We want this to be a community of people who are trying to do their bit, where we can learn from one another and share our tips. So join in the conversation over on our Instagram page at Sustainably Influenced. We hope you're enjoying everything so far. Please leave us a comment and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes so that you can listen in every week. In today's episode, we're joined by a powerhouse of a woman who specializes in PR and marketing for conscious companies, Eleanor O'Leary, otherwise known as the Better Brand Consultant. So hi, thanks for being with us. Thanks
1: (laughs) for inviting me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, Do you want to give like a brief introduction to yourself yeah sure so hi everyone I'm Eleanor I call myself the better brand consultant and for me it means two things so firstly it's working with brands that are sustainable ethical and purpose-led so whether that's a reusable coffee cup company or um, a ketchup brand that makes their products from surplus fruit and vegetables I really like working with people who are kind of the change that they want to see in the world And then the other thing that I mean by better is really demystifying this world of PR and marketing for business owners so that they're getting the best value out of how they want to, um, you know, raise awareness for their companies. The media landscape has shifted dramatically in the past 10 years. We've got social media, we've got, you know, online news, fake news, like it's a whole (laughs) kind of wild west out there to navigate. So I really like working one-to-one with founders, brand managers, CEOs, and helping them kind of make the best decisions for their business. So that's what I do. Brilliant. (laughs)
2: That's amazing. I was just saying that you, obviously there are other other people in the world that do the job that you do, Mm -hmm. but I have never met anyone and I've never Mm -hmm. heard of anyone doing what you do. So that's, Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But how did you get into this kind of line of work? Because it's quite specific.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, So I guess my... I've been doing it for uh, two years now, so I'll be celebrating, I think, my third birthday in April, which is really exciting, yeah. Um, But it's very much been a kind of journey of... um, discovery and kind of feeling my way through, you know, what I want my work to be and the impact that I want to make and the value that I want to offer businesses. So I guess my starting point was kind of, I think around 2015, I think it was that summer, um, I realised that i I've been, you know, working in fashion PR for a really long time and I just really fell out of love with it. I've always loved the fashion industry but there are things that I don't love about it and I really recognize that my position within it as somebody that was just creating press release after press release and churning it out and trying to get this product placement and you know celebrity placement just wasn't um wasn't that fulfilling for me anymore and it really wasn't that that important I have to say you know in in fashion we we have this kind of vocabulary that's all around lust it now and must buy now and hot right now and it's just like no like you have enough stuff we have enough stuff but this felt like a completely I felt like such a loner thinking this in my big like PR agency I was like this I felt like a bit of an outsider um so uh ultimately I, I left I left the agency um shortly after kind of feeling that way and I just uh, started to kind of follow my intuition a bit and I worked um, for a very small fashion brand I did a bit of a maternity cover there and then an opportunity with Innocent also came about mm-hmm. so there was one point where I was kind of doing fashion and smoothies <laughs> um, and that was great experience because I was seeing a lot of uh, articles coming through on, on the likes of Business of Fashion and Drapers mm-hmm. talking about this concept of sustainable fashion mm-hmm. and I thought, oh this is really interesting because you know this is what would get me back into the industry in a big way Um, and yeah, and I, and I, I guess I just kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole of discovery and being like, well, what is sustainable fashion? I know nothing. Like I literally know, is it buying from a charity shop? Is it the products that you buy? Is it how it's made? I really didn't know. Um, and so I spent a couple of years just exploring that, you know, following certain leads working at innocent was fantastic because again it's a big brand with sustainability at its core mm. um and that opened a lot of doors for me you know a lot of people will respond to your emails if you have a big <laughs> brand and your email address um and i think i spent about two years just making some really strong connections and, and learning um, and I would say to anybody who's maybe listening to this, who is developing their own business, to not not rush the process. Like it's great when you have an idea and you're like, oh my god, I want to do this, I want to follow this. But actually, there is kind of a time of unfolding where you're like, is it this? Is it that? What does it look like? Like mm. I definitely didn't have the title, the better brand consultant, when I was however old, twenty nine in two thousand fifteen. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been a real kind of journey of discovery, and it's it's. I guess I'd be a really rubbish PR if I couldn't spot a trend, right? But yeah, <laughs> you know, the fact that we are beginning to take sustainability more seriously is fantastic. And I think things are moving at a rate of knots, and you're seeing big businesses, small businesses, everybody kind of coming together on this mission. And we really need to keep that momentum going forward. Um, and the thing that I really enjoy the most about my work is being able to bring everything that I've learned from making these big brands bigger. So when I was working in my agency days, I think I was on, um, I was on Kath Kidson, Victoria's Secret, and I worked a little bit on like an Amazon fashion, uh, they had this shoe and bag website called Jabari, but it kind of falls under Amazon fashion. Um, So yeah, working with these guys who, you know, have these huge budgets and, you know, working in various different ways and bringing that knowledge and being able to apply that to startups and smaller brands that have a really strong... Um, set of values at their core and helping them build on that and get out there and kind of take up that space so that they can be you know successful businesses but in a good way in a responsible way that's Brilliant.
2: amazing something we were talking about <laughs> earlier today is that there are now lots of more sustainable brands mm. and brands with um sustainability at its core but it's quite difficult to find some of them yeah and also they don't always have Great marketing or, you know, they're not doing... because they, they don't have the budget. So it's really nice to see that there are people out there that are making, yeah. you know, a conscious effort to work with these brands because I think marketing is obviously... Coming from a marketer, very important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, so if we see a brand that doesn't look quite how we, you know, would expect, you know, a fashion brand to look like yeah. compared to maybe our fast fashion like its fast fashion counterparts, um, we, we're not likely to shop there. Mm-hmm. So it's great that we have people like you pushing, you know them to be a little bit more commercial in that sense because it is actually really important, as sad as it is.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think when I back in 2015 uh, when I started I really wanted to find a fashion brand that looked fashion you know Mm. and you have to I think both industries have to respect the way that the other one behaves so I think sustainable people who are setting up a sustainability brand really need to understand the power of editorial and things looking good you can't completely dismiss it because you know fashion is what's got us in this mess in the first place like if you want to be successful you have to understand you have to meet people where they're at yeah and similarly with um fashion brands you know they have to understand that they can't just roll out a token line of you know organic white t-shirts and expect everyone to be like oh great fa- great you know sustainable fashion campaign it doesn't really work like <laughs> that so <laughs> i think we're at this point where, does it not work like that yeah no oh. <laughs> no it doesn't work like that um where we're kind of the industry should be learning from one another and really uh, you know understanding ultimately what consumers are going to want okay. yeah. yeah that's brilliant brilliant
0: I'm just sitting here completely in awe, yeah. just like oh. soaking up everything. Like,
2: oh, she's so knowledgeable.
0: I love her yeah. <laughs> So I met oh. Elena
2: just some context at an event um, last year, right, well, totally randomly. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was really funny because we were having a conversation, and I must have looked like such a loser because you were talking. And for ages now, I was just staring at you like this. Oh. And in my head, I was like, this is perfect. Oh. She's the perfect person <laughs> having met her at this time. And you were like, oh, it must be so boring for you to hear about this. And I was like, yeah, actually. I do. I go on a rant. And I'm like, but I'm in my element. I'm literally sitting here yeah. just like, oh,
0: I could listen nice. to you all day. I'm very happy. And oh. I've
2: always noted, Bianca after that so I've just met the most perfect person to go on oh, our podcast. And we so just sweet. decided that it was actually going to happen. So it was, yeah, yeah it was yeah. amazing. So, oh, yeah, it was awesome. all meant to be. It was oh. meant to be. Um, um, did you you like, no no you go ahead <laughs> so um, you've written some amazing articles um, around the topic of sustainability and everything that you do um, especially over on the fashion round table mm-hmm. so um, one of the articles that we enjoyed and we wanted to talk about was um, when you talked about the PR blunder with mm-hmm. Boohoo um, mm-hmm. when <laughs> they were dropping wool products and you used the term greenwashing mm-hmm. which is a very well maybe an our circle hot topic uh-huh. and something that maybe... it Could you describe and explain what it is and then maybe talk about the, the blender?
1: Yeah, yeah, so greenwashing um, is basically when a brand, you know, says that something is uh, sustainable or they, they, they really push a campaign to try and make consumers believe that they are a sustainable brand when actually it doesn't even scratch the surface of what mm-hmm. they're doing with, you know, the rest of their product line. So um, it's you know d- different people can be g- greenwashing in different ways um, so the example of boohoo uh, last spring they were working with peta Peter, how do you pronounce it peta i think it's Peter. i think like Peter. Peter. Yeah. I mean,
0: I've always just said Peter, but I never okay. know that yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm saying we Pete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was
1: Peter. Peter. So Peter Working <laughs> with Peter, um, uh, to announce that they were dropping wool from their product line, and I looked at this and I kind of thought, well, firstly, like, how much wool do you have anyway? Because it is a premium fabric in New York, who? Yeah. Um, and secondly, <laughs> you know, it was kind of hot off the back of um, this. This thing that the, envir- the Environmental Audit Committee basically held this huge investigation just before Christmas 2018, where they called the British retailers to account and they said, we want to know about your practices. They want to know how you can make your prices as cheap as they are. Mm. We want to know what you do with the products that you don't sell. Mm. They did this huge investigation and Boohoo um, didn't really partake in this. And then two months later, you kind of see why, and it's because they've been working with Peter, and they're like, oh, but we're banning wool. Now, you know, animal welfare is a hugely important topic in fashion yeah. and food and, and, and wool industries, really. Um But again, in my agency days, I'd worked on something called the Campaign for Wool. (laughs) And that was an initiative designed to get people um, using wool and actually getting it back on the high street. Because there are many benefits to it as a textile. So, for example, you can use wool in sportswear. So it keeps you cool when you're warm and warm when you're cool. So it's a breathable fibre. It's also um, biodegradable. So uh, we actually, I remember, I think it was 2014, there was some stunt that we did with Prince Charles where he'd buried a wool jumper and a not wool jumper and was going to like take it out of the earth eight years later to show what's happened so there's there was actually there are actually a lot of benefits to using wool um, but obviously the animal welfare side of things does need a huge area focus if we want to keep using it as a fashion fiber yeah so having this knowledge i then look at this you know boohoo statement i'm like this is so confusing you know Mm. i i'm lucky because i'm in a fortunate position where i've worked you know, behind the scenes of things and I can spot that, but actually for the Boohoo customer, they're like, oh, well, Boohoo are doing this great thing because, you know, they're banning wool. You know, it was very, uh, for me, it felt like greenwashing. And, yeah, it really didn't take long for the fashion press to catch on and be like, "Well, what are you talking about?" And the farmers' association got involved, and mm. Boohoo just looked a bit stupid. Um, yeah, a bit <laughs> stupid. And then they ended up retracting yeah. this, and then they pissed off Peter, Peter. And <laughs> now I've, I actually um, I checked up on it the other day, and it seems that the Peter US have invested to become Boohoo shareholders so that they commit to their wool ban. So the plot thickens on that one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. But I'm just like, this is a perfect example of a brand taking an idea that they think is going to work and help them kind of buy time, basically, before they can sort out everything else. Um, And then I guess what's happened this week as well is Boohoo have announced uh, record trading. The business press have called it record trading and said that they're bigger than M&S now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, from a business perspective, brilliant, right? You're bigger than M&S, but actually... You know, I read the article in the Guardian. I read the FT. I read, I think, the Times as well. And they didn't. These business reporters didn't actually talk about the ethics of Boohoo or the fact that they've been featured in Dispatches. You know, time and time again. And I think it's also we need to get our business reporters on board to really look. Yeah. You know, but that's definitely. what they do. They're journalists. They're meant to be investigative. They're meant to show what goes on. You know, results are great. But I know from working with brands that there'll be a Monday morning trading meeting where everybody's called together and the MD is like, well, boohoo, we're out, you know, outselling us, so we need to do X, Y, and Z. Anybody can announce record trading figures yeah. when your ethical practices are not good because mm. you're cutting corners elsewhere. Exactly. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah, very <laughs> worrying though. Yeah. On
2: that, are there any brands that who... Because there are a lot of brands who now have conscious collections mm. and stay, more sustainable <clears throat> um, collections. Are there any brands that you would give like the green light to mm. that you personally shop at and you like what they're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've kind of changed my shopping habits over the past few years. Like sometimes just walking into a shop and you can like smell the plastic. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I like, think, you know... People are kind of divided over the whole conscious collection. Is it greenwashing? Is it a good thing? Yeah. I think brands doing something, anything... And making a line out of, let's say, uh, you know, Girlfriend Collective started it with their leggings made mm. from recycled water bottles, and I think it was either Boohoo or misguided that did something similar. I think if people can get a kind of in mm. into sustainable ba- um, fashion and feel the fabrics and see, okay, well, this is made from recycled uh, water bottles, this is made from bamboo pulp, this is made from yeah. you know uh, whatever, um, that's that's a good awareness piece, um, and I think you know, ultimately the thing is we've got hundred to seventy years of kind of consumerism to overturn and to change people and that's gonna take time. Yeah. So if we're doing these collections, that's great. Um, I think. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Um do you feel that brands need to start talking about sustainability in a more educated way?
1: Yeah, so I think it's really tricky. So the whole the whole issue around communicating sustainability is that it's incredibly complex. Yeah. And sometimes you feel like you need, you know, a a chemistry degree to buy a white t-shirt <laughs> like you really have to you know do do your research and i think the problem is is we with our media industry you know we've, we've got literal column inches in our newspapers or we've got online articles and you need to get people's attention within the first 10 seconds otherwise they switch yeah. off so the reporting of it kind of needs to change a little bit. But sometimes, you know, when you're explaining what a product is, you have to explain the product, the the, you know problem it's solving. And then if it's for something to be truly sustainable, it's, well, nothing is truly sustainable. If you're making something, everything has impact. But you've got to really take the consumer on the journey. And it's just, um, it's a lot to describe. So I think in an ideal world, like every brand that is making stuff would have a really great supply chain, you know, they're, their product they could be a circular brand but until we get to that point I think we still have to be quite creative with how Mm. we communicate sustainability and when it comes to the the term educated I think um that's quite broad I mean do you want to delve a little bit more into just I I guess
0: to speak about things in a way that they're not greenwashing Mm. and to know what they're talking about when they're Talking about sustainability in for their like the conscious ranges. And
1: yeah, like yeah. Well, I think the thing is, most brands now either have an in-house sustainability team mm. or they're working with a consultancy like a Futera or an EcoAge and they're definitely doing stuff behind the scenes to get things up to scratch. I think ultimately it just is confusing, and mm. when you have your headline and your tagline, you've just got to throw in the word sustainable or conscious or whatever to get people in. Um, so I think it's it is on brands, but I think it is also I'm not I'm not going to stop blaming consumers because the brands are the ones making yeah. the stuff but you know we we need to just everybody needs to like slow down in general and just understand what they're buying into before they just buy it like that
0: mm, definitely i think it's what you've just mentioned about these fashion houses having a sustainability team mm. it's only only the people that work on that team that have any idea what's going on yeah it yeah. would be great for them to communicate the message better to the rest of their team and the wider company educate everyone who's there so yeah. that everybody buys into it because at the end of the day when you work for the brand you exactly. are the brand so
1: exactly yeah and if there's one thing that i've kind of learned over the past year is that there really isn't much difference between the marketing community and consumers like we are all consumers yeah um there's a really fantastic organization called the do nation yes. run by a woman called hermione so watch so i think i met her through the work that they did with Innocent, mm-hmm. and they will um help big companies create these sustainability pledges so that everybody within the company is kind of doing something small whether it's a meat free monday or you know carpooling to work or taking the stairs instead of the lift um and yeah it's exactly what you said it's like if people on the inside aren't engaged in this then it's just going to fall flat then it's just something that happens every three months mm. and you're like oh, sustainability team are like telling us to recycle paper again like you need to engage everybody within the business
0: So fast fashion and major beauty brands tend Mm. to have a much larger budget for product development Mm. than most sustainable brands and we've mentioned that before. So in your experience, are there any mainstream brands who are getting it right with regards to sustainability and I guess their statement and the products that they release?
1: mainstream brands I mean when I think of like mainstream beauty I think of like the Unilevers and the P&G's mm. and the big companies and the I guess the Longcombs and the L'Oreal's um, I think they're doing a lot I think that they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely you know making the right noises I think behind the scenes I'm sure there's a lot I and mean, there is a lot going on I think they are leading but you know ultimately I feel more inspired by the startup brands so okay. there's a company called the Soapco which you might have heard of yeah and they make beautiful uh natural i put in inverted commas but they use essential oils and botanicals to um fragrance their products they have amazing like lavender bath wash i mean i love it i love it (laughs) (laughs) peppercorn salt scrub and all this kind of stuff they have a subscription Um, box as well don't they yeah yeah and they are based uh i think they're based in east london and their goal is to become a circular brand and what they do is they work with Um, people who have visual impairments or disabilities Mm -hmm. and provide you know work for people who otherwise wouldn't you know feel um, empowered to be in the workplace and they create products that uh, you know ultimately they want to always source locally and we use recycled and recyclable plastic. Mm. And they are, I think they're about three or five years old. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's just a matter of time for somebody buys them. Because they are great. And their product is fantastic. And it stands side by side with the likes of your wrens and your deck clears. It's really great. So I, I don't know. I think there's these kind of little gems out there I really like what Circle are doing Mm. so they take coffee um, grounds and turn them into exfoliators and I think there's more kind of interesting stuff happening in that space When when I see somebody from a big brand like talking about we must be more sustainable I'm like of course you know everyone's really? saying that yeah. yeah everyone's jumping on yeah, the bandwagon exactly um but when i started i always thought you know success for me would be seeing a big fashion title dedicate their september issue to sustainability and do that mm. and elle actually did that i think in 2018 yeah. now um and i read it and i was like this is amazing you know I had a great mix of like influencers and industry insiders and small brands but again it was this it was the big brands talking about you know water usage so you had your levi's your uni you know um i can't remember who else was in there but there's a few and i just thought oh you, you can't give three paragraphs to these one brands who who have kind of created this situation in the first place and are now kind of you know trying to undo the damage basically yeah um but that's my personal opinion
0: <laughs> i guess i um Finally, where do you see the fashion industry in the next five years in terms of ethical policies and sustainability?
1: Oh my God, I really don't have a straight answer for this because <laughs> there's so much happening. Um, I think there's, you know, geopolitics and trade deals is one thing that could affect it, how we use uh, the online world to advertise could affect it. Um, you know looking at the beauty the the future of British retail and the high Mm. street you know there are so many moving parts I think if I had a crystal ball and I could look into the next five years like I would be charging big bucks for that answer (laughs) (laughs) but um, what do I think I think you know nobody I think if you got a group of people like off the street brought them into the focus group and you said you know the clothes that you're wearing like how how do you want them to made no one would say oh I want you know my top to have been made by somebody who you know hasn't been allowed toilet breaks or somebody who is working in a country where um you know they don't have maternity rights nobody would say that so I think everybody consumer power is what's driving this Mm -hmm. and I think that's what's keeping the tension going Mm -hmm. um I think for a lot of businesses they've thought sustainability is a trend and the thing with trends is that they go away and I think consumers are doing a great job at keeping that pressure on and really asking for more so more of that I think yeah yeah, just don't take the foot off the gas Um, keep you know engaging with the people that you buy from and I, I think you know if you wanted to find out more about the products and how they're made just writing writing to a customer service team can be a really good way to get information Mm, because brands take that stuff really really seriously like if you you can write as many private emails as you like to the sustainability team you're just going to get a press answer but if you tweet about it and it's caught by the digital marketing and it's fast-tracked to customer service and that then gets escalated in those Monday morning trading meetings you're going to get a much quicker response and that's what that's what, you know, the, the guys that hold the budgets really listen to. They, hear, they listen to what their consumers are saying. okay. Yeah. So don't think it doesn't work, because it does.
0: <laughs> I'm literally, I'm blown away. I feel like I'm just uh, the happiest empowering. person. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm like going out there. <laughs> yeah. Tweeting everyone. Yeah. Tweeting John like, Lewis. How has this been it, made? How has this been yeah, made? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So one little thing that we're doing on the podcast mm-hmm. is to ask our guests... Mm-hmm. To set us a, a weekly challenge, and I'm nervous about them every time that we hear about them. Now, I think I'm going to be I'm going to be a nervous wreck every week, every time we have a guest. So we're going to be discussing them on our check-in episodes that okay. Charlotte and I will be doing every Amazing. couple of weeks. Mm. So over to you. What, yeah. what is the challenge this week?
1: Yeah, I'm so happy you set me this challenge this week because there is um, an incredible event taking place in mm. a couple of weeks' time. Uh, in London called the Future Fabrics Expo and it's run by an organisation called the Sustainable Angle and they're a not prof- not-for-profit organisation that work with the industry and also suppliers so that designers and um, brand owners and CEOs, everybody basically who works in the industry can see what is available to them in terms of more sustainable alternatives. Um, and I visited back in 2017, I think it was, and it was quite a small... Uh, showcase in this kind of studio at Fulham and now it's in this huge it's like eight times the size as it was then it's Amazing. in this huge hall in Victoria in uh, Bloomsbury sorry Victoria House in Bloomsbury and they've got a fantastic uh, lineup of panel speakers so I think Claire Press is going to be there um, Tamara Sinchik from Fashion Roundtable he mentioned earlier she's going to be there talking about the fashion industry and ethics and um, yeah I invite you guys to go down and check it out because Honestly, it sounds really geeky, but if you mm-hmm. love just looking at fabrics made from, like, weird stuff that, like, mushroom leather and orange fibre and ha- what what technology can do with it, it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. And when I when I left in 2017, I was like, this is the future. I feel, like, buzzing off this. So, yeah, cool. go or and check it out it? and see what you find. We can do that. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Because, Challenge accepted. Because then that also means that, you know, if you are writing to your fashion brands that you love, you could say, I went to this event the other day and I saw... Tencel, which is a bamboo fibre, which is basically the dress I'm wearing. Montoon um,
0: use that a lot in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A lot of brands are starting to use it now because it is a really great, it's a great fibre and it's made by a company called Lensing who make, you know, all different... Ecova. P- and Ecova. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you are writing few customer services, you could say, drop in a few, you know, name drop and be <laughs> like, I went to this event and I saw that this fabric was available and I wondered, were you considering integrating it into your next season? Okay. So, Yeah. That's Definitely thank
0: you so here. much. Thank you. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna sit here dumbfounded. You can see Bianca's oh.
2: face. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just
1: so happy. Oh.
2: <laughs> but um yeah, thank you so much for coming thank on today. You. It's very exciting to have you. Um especially as an expert and someone who's been on the scene for so long yeah. and has made the changes and helped other yeah. people make the change. Um yeah, so we're really happy. If we wanted to find you on social media, mm-hmm.
1: where should we look? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at the better brand Consultant, And yeah, I've got www.thebetterbrandconsultant.com as well, Ooh. surprisingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you want to ask me anything work-wise as well, I'm also on LinkedIn. Okay, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank well, you. Guys. Thank
2: you so much for coming down here yeah. for the great yeah. day. And if you wanted to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and you can find us at influence. And yeah, let's continue the conversation.